Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Does anybody know what happens at Faith School? Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed. My faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, God is real. Faith is real. And faith is a force. It's not this... Um, ethereal, imaginary, uh, mystical, unknowable thing. Faith uh, is real, it's tangible, it's a force, and it can be weak or it can be strong. It must be fed, not just anything, but fed uh, anointed faith food, which is God's Word. Every word that God speaks to us will minister to our insides, will quicken us and strengthen us and, and illuminate and enlighten our, our eyes and our heart and mind. Uh, so uh, the thing that you haven't seen and understood, uh, the answer that you've been looking for in a moment, the Lord can cause you to see it and know it. Uh, and the thing that allows Him to get it to you easily and quickly is faith. So let's release faith right now in asking and expecting to get these answers. Father, in Jesus' name, all of us uh, trust you, we believe in you, we look to you, and we ask you for answers. We ask you for direction and help, exactly what you know. You already see it. You already know it. And you gave us your spirit to show us all the things that have been given to us, to reveal them to us, and to lead and guide us into all the truth, and to remind us of everything you've shown us, and even showing us things to come. We believe that, we receive that, and we thank you for it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you look in the Bible, our great textbook, uh, and at three openings, uh, today we're looking at Matthew, the ninth chapter. We're looking at Mark, the fifth chapter. We're also looking at Luke, the eighth chapter. We've been for some days now, uh, weeks actually, studying the healing of the woman with the issue of blood. We've been taking one by one the individual accounts of healing that are recorded in the, the four gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And there are about 20 of those. Even though there were tens of thousands of people healed and delivered in the ministry of Jesus, we're only given about 20 cases where we're given detail of who they were, what was wrong with them, uh, how they were ministered to, how they were received. And these were hand-picked by the Holy Spirit for every following generation, including us, because they answer all the questions and they, uh, they apply to every situation. 
And so it, it benefit us greatly to take time and look at these and feed on these because faith comes by hearing. Well, uh, if you want faith for healing, then you need to hear about healing. You need to hear God's words about healing. And this is not just a mental exercise. And it's not just, you know, learning all the, the answers and logging them in your, your mental library. Uh, faith is of the heart, not the head. You don't believe God with your intellect. You believe God with your heart, the core of your being. And um, uh, God's Word and His Spirit ministers to that part of your being. And that, that's happening even when your head is not keeping up. <laughs> you, you're, you'll notice this. If you walk with the Lord any length of time and been fed some good things from His Word, your heart got stirred. Your heart got excited. And many times your head's going, what? What are we excited about? <laughs> because your heart is ahead of your head. And, uh, and that's, that's just how it works. Things happen first on the inside. Then they show up on the outside. And I know that if you're hurting and you're not feeling good, then you're in a rush for something to change on the outside. But if you just focus on the outside, you're not doing the thing that causes the change on the outside. Spiritual things happen first inside. Then they show up outside. So that's what we're believing for, is the Lord to minister to us inside. That's why we start off the class saying, my spirit gets fed. Um, in Matthew, the ninth chapter, let's read about this, this healing of this woman that had this uh, issue of blood. In Matthew 9 and verse 20, it says, Behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may touch but touch his garment, I shall be whole. Now you'll notice it emphasizes both verses there that she touched his garment, actually just touched the edge of his garment, the hem of his garment. And uh, on last week, we got into this, or uh, the previous two weeks, um, about how that the Lord had told them to put a, an edge or fringe on the extremity of their garment that and, a, and in blue, a ribbon of blue, that would remind them to keep the commandments of God. And so there's significance in every one of these things, but it keeps repeating here, and you'll see it in, in Mark and Luke, that um, she didn't actually touch Jesus' skin. She didn't touch his bare arm or his hand or even his foot, or she touched his clothes. Can you see that? She touched material of his garment, uh, specifically the edge or the hem, or some translations say the fringe, <laughs> because that, that refers back to that passage in, in the law. And uh, Jesus turned him about when he saw her and said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith 
has made you whole, and the woman was made whole from that hour. And, and here you'll notice the word whole is repeated uh, three times. And uh, never is their repetition uh, needless in the scripture. There are no errors in the original scripture. It is perfect. And nobody has ever disproven anything in the word of God. They cannot because it's the word of God and it's perfect. Now that doesn't mean every translation is perfect. <laughs> but I said the original word of God as he spoke it. And the reason he keeps saying whole, uh, she was made whole. Uh, Jesus said your faith made you whole. And she, out of her mouth, she said, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. You see, she got exactly what she said. Can you see that, class? She got exactly what she said. And um, the reason that we need to emphasize this is because religion contradicts this. Christian religion it contradicts what we just read. What do you mean, Brother Keith? Well, Christian religion is not the same thing as real Christianity. Christianity, being a Christian, is a Christian, right? The, I mean, the root word of Christian is Christ. That is being born of the Christ and being a disciple of Christ and one who lives and walks like the Christ. That's, and that's got nothing to do with the religions of men. It's about relationship and knowing him and fellowship. And uh, religion uh, will take everything that Jesus said and did and put it in a category unattainable to us. And religion will put everything on the basis of God's mysterious, unknowable will. I mean, most churches you go to, most Christian churches, that's what's preached in some form or fashion. But that's not the Bible. It's not what Jesus said. What did Jesus say? Your faith has made you whole. Oh, class, are you, are you listening? What did he say? Your, said out loud, your faith has made you whole. And uh, he, this is not an isolated instance. We, already in studying these, uh, these healings, we've seen this over and over again. The Lord says, your faith has saved you. Your faith has made you whole. As you have believed, be it done to you. According to your faith, be it unto you. I'm not talking about three or four or five. We're talking about the majority of these cases. That's what the Lord emphasized. Emphasized. According to your faith. Well, faith is made up of persuasion, conviction, and action. You believe something, completely persuaded of it to the point you say it and you do it. Well, if you say according to your faith, then can you see her faith was expressed 
in what she said and what she did. She said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. She pressed through the crowd. That's faith. She touched his garment. That's faith. What happened? She was made whole. That's exactly what she said. When did it happen? When she touched his garment. That's exactly what she said. How did it happen? According to her faith is according to what she said and she did. Not according to God's mysterious, unknowable will. Now with me. The, the reason we need to camp on this and just keep on camping and keep on camping is because most uh, Christians, most church-going people, they don't believe it's like Jesus said it is. They do not believe it. They're adamant about it's up to God. It's up to God. Yes, God can heal if it's His will. <laughs> huh? The reason the class is laughing because how many times have you heard that? You, you probably grew up hearing that. You, almost everywhere you go, except here at faith school, that's what you hear. But did Jesus ever say that in any of the accounts of people that he ministered to? Did he ever look at them and say, you know, it happened to be God's will? Isn't it wonderful? It, it, your case was the will of God. Or Sorry, but it's not God's will for you, or it's not God's timing, or God's working something out in your life. The, this is what most of the church believes, but not one time did Jesus ever say any of that to anybody he ministered to in healing or deliverance. Not one time. In order for something to be scriptural, what do you need, class? You, you need scriptures for it. And even though uh, folks have none, they believe it adamantly, and it's what uh, the Lord said that the, their traditions have made the Word of God of none effect. People are so steeped in traditions, Christian traditions, their denominational traditions, their group, their background, what grandma believed, what grandpa said, they're so steeped in their traditions that they don't even hear what Jesus said. They don't even see it. They just, they're blind to it. But this phrase, we're going to see this more and more as we go. So we're, we're only on number eight, and, right? And we got to get to, we've already seen it repeatedly. You're going to see it again. Have you read your Bible enough to know what I'm talking about? As you have believed, according to your faith. Your faith did it. Your faith, your faith, your faith, your faith, your faith. Somebody said, well, I'm tired of hearing about that. Well, tell Jesus. He's the one that said it. I'm just repeating what he said. <laughs> and, and one reason why people don't like this is because it puts the responsibility here. And people don't like that. People like what I call no-fault religion. And they like to go to churches that preach no-fault religion. Well, what do you mean no-fault? No matter what happens in my life, it's not my fault. No matter what doesn't happen in my life, it's not my fault. It's God's unknowable, mysterious will. And this implication that everything that happens was somehow the will of God. And everything that didn't happen, well, if it had been the will of God, it would have happened. Not true. Not true. 
God really has given us a free will. And if we choose not to believe him, if we choose not to obey him, then we're going to have things in our life that are not the will of God. And we won't enjoy things that we should have that are the will of God. No, it's not all up to God. People say, well, I'm just leaving it all up to God. You can't leave up to him what he left up to you. You can't. Uh, He has bought and paid for our redemption in Christ. He has made it available, but he he won't receive it for us. And he won't make you receive it. And he won't resist the devil for you. And he won't make you resist the devil. He'll help you (laughs) if you'll step up to do it. But he won't do it for you. And he won't make you do it. So can you see, anytime something's repeated like this, uh, you want to look and see why does he keep using that same word? Why they keep referring to that same thing? He kept talking about garment, garment. If I can just touch his clothes. And then Jesus said, we'll see later on. He said, who touched my clothes? And then the disciple says, why didn't you say somebody touch your clothes? It's about touching the clothes. The Lord wants us to know about how real the power of God is and how that clothes can act even as a conductor of it. And that it can, it can uh, stay in clothes for a time. Well, this is not something imaginary then. Can you see that? But before we leave Matthew here, can you see, uh, look at it again, verse 20. It says that uh, the woman had to issue a blood. She came behind him, touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may touch, but touch his garment, I shall be whole. Jesus turned him about when he saw her. He said, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. That's what she said. And then the woman was what? She was made whole from that hour. Why keep saying that? She got exactly what she said, exactly the way she said she was going to get it. Can you see that? That's, that's why the Lord says in other places, according to your faith, be it done to you. Not according to what you left up to God to decide for you. And so, so many times uh, folks are waiting on God to do something. And God, when are you going to do something? How long do I have to wait? And he said, I could ask you the same question. <laughs> right? How long do we have to wait till you decide to believe what I said and act on what I told you to do? And so it's, that's why days go by, months go by, years go by, decades go by, and things don't happen because people are waiting on God for everything, leaving everything up to God, and he told us it was according to our faith. Can you see it, class? Yes. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Luke. Let's look at Luke 8, look at Luke's account. Luke 8, 43, a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. Uh, See, this this uses the word border. Uh, And immediately her issue of blood 
stanched or stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? And when all denied, Peter and they that were with him in the multitude uh, said, the multitude throng you and press you. And, and why do you say, who touched me? And Jesus said, somebody touched me. So here the emphasis, you'll see here repeatedly on touch, touch, touch in Luke's account. Go back with me to Mark's account, Mark 5 and 24. Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. Said out loud, she touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Can you see why I'm, I'm, I'm reading Mark's account now? Clothes and garments mentioned repeatedly. Repeatedly. If I can just touch his garment, if I can just touch his clothes. And so she touched his clothes and the hem of his garment. And Jesus said, who touched my clothes? <laughs> well, what are we supposed to learn about that? Like we said, this, uh, this shows the reality, the um, discernibility, the, the, uh, the ability to experience the anointing of God and the power of God. The Bible said in, in uh, Mark 9, you're there close by, just, just turn over. Mark 9, this is when Jesus went up on the Mount of Transfiguration, we, we call it now. But in... Uh, Mark 9, verse 2, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and went up into the mountain. He was transfigured before them and his raiment, verse 3. Well, that's his clothes. His raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow, so as no fuller on earth can white them. That's the, uh, uh, the King James. The NIV says, his clothes became dazzling white whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. <laughs> this is a white <laughs> you can't get with any product. <laughs> Isn't it amazing what we're going to see and experience past this life? Because this was an experience of the powers of the world to come. And the glory came on Jesus and it affected his clothes, his clothes. Just like your clothes right now, made out of some kind of fabric, and he had on clothes that prior to this experience, you could have touched them and felt them, and, and there was no uh, special thing that you'd have noticed about it. And in fact, when this woman touched his clothes and got healed, people were touching him on every side and nothing happening. Nothing happening. But here, the glory of God uh, saturated Jesus' clothes because they were on him and it changed their appearance. 
And the, Peter, James, and John saw it and were in awe of it. And in Peter's writings, you know, later in First uh, and Second Peter, uh, he talks about, uh, he, go, he goes back to that experience. And he talks about seeing that glory and experiencing that. This is quite an experience. And uh, the anointing, even though it's unseen, it affects the seen. Hmm? Even though it is unseen, it changes and affects seen things. Uh, when, when your spirit gets a hold of this, you get really excited. Huh? Is it true that the anointing on Jesus was unseen and undiscerned, undetected, unless faith got around it? Come on, can you see that? Faith touched his clothes and there was a flow. There was a manifestation of what? Of something unseen. But it changed something seen, the insides of the woman's body that you could see and touch was changed in a moment of time by something you could not see. Hallelujah. We call it a miracle. <laughs> we call it a healing. It is a healing and it is a miracle. Uh, and people call it supernatural, and I don't know that that's the, that's the best word. Healing's a Bible word. Miracle's a Bible word. But if we, understood, if we could see it from God's perspective, it wouldn't look magical to us. We would understand what's happening. Oh, come on, can you see this? But the reason it, it seems magical to people is because... You know, like for centuries and centuries, mankind uh, thought electricity was magical. And nobody had any clue, idea how to corral it <laughs> or make it do anything. And now here we are. It uh, lights our homes. It heats and cools. It's running the cameras. People are driving around with it. <laughs> right? But for centuries and centuries, it was just mystical and magical to people. Well, there's a generation that can understand something about the power of God. Amen. Am I talking about some about you, faith class? There's a generation that can learn about the real principles that uh, govern the direction and the reception and the flow and the manifestation of the power of God. If the Lord had said, uh, this happened as a sign and wonder to confirm me. This happened because of God's mysterious will. Okay, then that's what we'd say. But he didn't say that. He said, it's according to your faith, if she can have faith, we can have faith. And if it responded to her faith, that power's still here. I said, it's still here. It's still in the earth. God's still around. It's like electricity's still here for those that know how to tap into it. Said out loud, I have faith. In the power of God, I have faith, my faith works, and it receives of God's best. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, that's it. Our time is up again today. As you can see, we're not done. 
Uh, we hadn't been done for weeks now, but we got, is this worth just camping in and staying in? So please come back with us tomorrow and we'll continue in this. We'll see you soon here at Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.